Okay, um, well, today is Friday, uh, November 6th, 2020. This is the Fiction Old and New Book Club. And um, tonight we're discussing uh, Edna Ferber's novel called So Big. But what I'm going to do is before we talk about the novel, I'm going to just give the name of the book that we're going to be reading in December, and then I'll do the same thing at the end. Um, so if anybody needs to leave early, you'll have the information. Um, does somebody have JAWS on? Because I hear some feedback. Okay. That's disappearing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the book that we're reading in December um, is a historical fiction book. Um, I read it a, a couple of months ago, and it's really, really good. Um, the name of the book is called The First Actress, a Novel of Sarah Bernhardt. And the author is C, like cat, period, W, like water, period, Gortner, G-O-R-T-N-E-R. Um, the DB number is 99894. Um, it's read by uh, Gabrielle DeCur, who does a really, really lovely job. It's, it's a long book. It's about 16 hours. And it's basically the story of uh, Sarah Bernhardt, the actress. And it starts out when she's about nine years old. And it continues pretty much throughout her whole life. And she's had a very, very eventful life. There's a lot going on. Um, she has a really crazy relationship with her mom. And um, I, I thought it was just a really, really good book. Um, so that's the book that we're going to read on December 4th, I believe, which is the first Friday in December. It's called The First Actress, a novel of Sarah Bernhardt, um, C.W. Gortner, DB99894. So, um, hi, Kathy. Welcome. And Hello. Let me see. And I thought somebody else came in. Let me just check. Oh, so um, this is Abby Taylor. Oh hi, Abby. Um, you're hi, hi. I couldn't get I couldn't get in on the Zoom because I didn't have the oh. password, so I had to do the iPhone One Touch Mobile. So that's why my name's not showing up. Sorry. You're are you three oh seven? Is that your area code? That's three oh seven is my oh. area code. Area okay. code. Yeah, that's me. Make sure I have the right the right. And I'm probably the only. I probably the only three oh seven there is. I don't think there's any anybody else in Wyoming. So. Oh. <laughs> I'm sure you have neighbors and stuff there, but <laughs> oh yeah, but they're not they're not they're not going to be in the in tonight. I don't think just that's me. true. That's true. <laughs> and I'll just mention, Abby, you and I are taking the same class, the voiceover class, because I, I've heard oh, you. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I there's I it's a really. Are you enjoying it or? Oh yes, yeah. Now I, yeah. I really don't know that I want to learn how to use the calendar though, because I just have Alexa add stuff to it. Yes. my calendar. I, so I don't even want to mess with the calendar, but otherwise I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I'm learning a lot, actually. I think it's a real, I'm, I'm very glad I, I started it. If any of you want to learn voiceover, yeah. um, the tech juggernaut gives a, re- a very, a lot of lessons. Um, it's twice a week for 12 weeks. So you learn a lot about voiceover, but um, it's free, which is amazing. And they offer help sessions too. And it's a very good way to, you know, introduce yourself to voiceover if you need the introduction, if you're not, you know, a, a great voiceover user, as I am not. So, anyway. Um, well, Abby, you're not on a horse, are you? Hmm? I said, Abby, you're not on a horse, are you? No. Wyoming? I mean, horses, you think that. Yeah. I'm in Wyoming. But. Wyoming? I mean, I thought that in that horse country, you know, aren't there a lot of horses out in Wyoming? I, I thought that's out, out um, west. Well, yeah. Well, well we actually do have uh, cars. I'm joking. Uh, I'm joking. I was thinking mountain. I, I was thinking mountain goats, Alan. So yeah. <laughs> Whatever. So, sorry about that. Okay. I tell you what. If I were my, to ride a horse, I, I wouldn't be having my phone with me because I wouldn't want to risk falling off and having the phone break. So. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind your arms or legs, huh? <laughs> yes, save the phone. Well, I wouldn't want to break in any of those either. That's yes. true. Save the phone. Don't don't worry about my arms. <laughs> well, let me let me go back to the book just so we'll we'll do that. Sorry about that. I didn't mean That's to, okay. to get no, you all I, off track. I, 
My fault. My fault. Sorry about that. Um, okay, so I'll just give you a little information about um, the author for tonight. Uh, again. And, um, okay, so. Charles again. Okay, let's see. I can't quite figure out who that is yet. Um, oh, I think it's disappearing again. Good. Okay, so um, Edna Ferber uh, was born. Uh, on August 15th, 1885, in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And her father was a shopkeeper who had been born in Hungary. Um, she, when she was 12 years old, they moved to Appleton, Wisconsin. And she attended one year of college at Lawrence University. And then she worked as a reporter for the Appleton Daily Crescent, the Milwaukee Journal, and she covered both the 1920 Republican National Convention and the 1920 Democratic National Convention for the United Press International Service. A hundred years ago. A hundred years ago, exactly right. Yeah. yeah. In the Milwaukee Journal, she published her earliest stories, which featured a traveling petticoat saleswoman named Emma McChesney. And Emma was the first of Ferber's uh, strong women who are enterprising and um, are strongly attached to the land. Um, her female characters often find themselves conflicted between the traditional and more modern ways of living. Um, so tonight's book, So Big, was published in 1924, and it won the 1925 Pulitzer Prize. Uh, it, it's been made into a movie three times. Um, the first time was in a silent film, and the second version starred Barbara Stanwyck as the lead, and it had mm. George Brent and Betty Davis in supporting roles. And the most popular version is the 1953 version starring uh, Jane Wyman. And other novels that she published included Showboat, Giant, Saratoga's Trunk, and Ice Palace. And she also published two autobiographies as well. And um, in interestingly, she was never married. She had no children. And there's no indication that she ever had any significant romantic attachment, which I don't know if that's true or not, but that's, that's what I read. Um, and she died in 1968 uh, in New York City at the age of 82. So I'm just going to go over the characters um, just so everybody can remember the names. Um, so, of course, we have Selena Peek de Jong, and her father was um, Simeon or Simon, I can't remember, um, Peek. Simeon, I think. Simeon. Simeon, right. Okay. And her husband was Purvis de Jong, and her son was Dirk de Jong. And then her friend at school was Julie Hempel, and Julie's father was August Hempel. And then there were uh, Marjorie and Klaus Poole, who she lived with uh, when she first came to teach, and their son, Rolf, Rolf Poole, I'm going to say it wrong. And then there's um, Maddie Schwingartner, who was the woman that Dirk met at college, and then Paula Arnold, who was um, her friend's daughter, Julie's daughter. And then there was Dallas O'Mara, who was the woman who was the, the artist, the illustrator that Dirk met. So um, as we usually do, I'll just call on everybody and we'll, you know, everybody will have a chance to say what they thought about the book. Um, you don't have to like do like a giant summary of the book, but just kind of, you know, some people I know, some people like to go over everything, but then what happens is by the end, then nobody really has anything to say. So, you know, you could tell us like, you know, a minute, two minutes, three minutes, kind of what you thought about the book. If you liked it, if you didn't like it, if there were characters you liked or didn't like, or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so let's see. Um, okay. Why don't we start with, how about you, LaDawn? Why don't we start with you? Sure. I really like this book. Uh, I've read it a couple of times before. Saw the movie a long time ago when that movie came out. I thought um, Selena, when she was, uh, her father died on the way to her first teaching job. She says, cabbages is beautiful. Actually, 
I, I, in my mind's eye, I could see the rows and rows of cabbages, and I thought they were beautiful myself. You know, this is the way it described. I thought they were. Then when she got married, you felt sorry for her because her fa- husband wouldn't do anything what his father hadn't done. He couldn't change at all. So the farm just went right along, and she had a, a, a pretty tough life for us. Uh, and then she wanted her son to come in to farming too, like she did. He didn't. He wouldn't. He became a, uh, let's see, sell, sold bonds, I think it was. Uh, and uh, not, was it bonds? Uh, something was, anyway. But he yeah. was an architect first. Yeah, first an architect, then, then but but he became successful, and in the bonds and and Edna, for some reason, she just doesn't like rich people, you know. So her she painted a real dark picture. I thought of all rich people, and people we need farmers, but we probably need bond salesmen too. So I didn't think that he was such a failure. Last thing I will say is I fully expected him to go bust in the 1929 a crash until I realized that she wrote the book in 1924. So know about the 1929 crash. I thought, LaDonna, well, I thought the same thing. I thought, oh, my gosh, but this is 1924. And you've yeah. gotten it 1929 yeah. yet. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that was my that's my initial thoughts. But I really really enjoyed this book one of the best books of my lifetime oh great okay um how about you carla what did you think uh can you hear me yes oh good okay well i have a confession to make i'm just starting chapter 15 this is okay. my busy this is my busy part of the year here oh you reading is a luxury right now because, you know, I'm into conference season and all the stuff that's happening in academia and my business and my mom. But nevertheless, um, what I've read of the book, I, I really like it. Um, I really like Selena. I think she's, or Selina, the, the reader calls her Selina. I keep wanting to call her Selina, but it's Selina. And um, she's just such a strong, spunky woman. And I really like, um, I like Dirk, um, although I was sort of disappointed when he, you know, ditched his girl, you know, that girl just for the fraternity. <laughs> and um, and I, I like the way it describes the life, how they lived life and the hardships during that time. And, and um, I was feeling a little bit, <laughs> let's say, um, um, Oh, I can't. Um, I was thinking when they were talking about Seine and Paris, how they described Paris. I was starting to feel a little bit like I wanted to go back to Paris. But anyhow, I just thought it was good. I read the older version, and I think the reader did a good job of it. Um, and I'm going to finish the book, but that's as far as I am. And don't worry about any spoiler alerts. You know, I mean, it's my fault. I didn't finish the book, but thanks a lot for recommending it. Okay, good. Um, how about you, Abby? What did you think? Well, um, I had read this book years ago when I was in college, and I found it fascinating, the farm life. It really made me think of, you know, appreciate the modern comforts in my dorm room, even though it was noisy. And, you know, I had to go down the hall to the restrooms to use the restroom and shower. It was certainly better than getting up on a cold morning and not having any hot water to wash with and trying to get dressed either in a cold room or go down and dress behind the fireplace with with little girls and you know, stuff like that. Um, and, but I had forgotten the ending. And so, uh, I, so that's, uh, I thought I better read the book again. And the ending to me, and I can see why I must have forgotten it, because it was a bit of a letdown. Uh, I think that there could have been more, some more loose ends tied up with what, what Dirk actually does about the realization that maybe he's not, you know, maybe he needs to be more artistic, you know, to, to please his mother and to, to please Dallas O'Mara. And, you know, maybe he needs to not be concerned with making money. What he does about this realization. I mean, you leave him there lying on the bed. Oh, I'm sorry, Carla. I won't say anymore. No, 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 no. no. I said don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I know, but I still, I don't, I don't want to, I don't think you, I still don't think you should get any spoilers. So, all right. Well, anyway, uh, but don't worry. He's not injured or anything. He's just 
frustrated. And that's all I'm going to say about the ending. Uh, but I did not get the impression that Selena wanted him to be a farmer. I thought she just wanted him to be, you know, she was so much into beauty. You know, the cabbages, the cabbages are beautiful. She wanted him to, you know, to appreciate art and beauty. And she thought, you know, stockbrokers were just, you know, just not as beautiful as other things. And, and he was kind of, and, and he was kind of a disappointment to her because he wanted to make money instead of being creating buildings. And that was, that was kind of the idea I got about her wishes for her son. But, um, you know, I think it's a good book. It teaches us a lot of important life lessons um, and also makes us ponder what's more important, beauty or money? And that's all I'm going to say. Thank mm-hmm. you. Very good. Um, okay, Kathy, what did you think? I really enjoyed this book. I have forgotten how much I, you know, enjoyed Edna Ferber. And um, what I liked about it was um, how positive Selena or Selina was, you know, her dad, who that kind of was a gambler and all, but he taught her to look, look at the positive side of life. And um, I want to tell you that I got so excited. I went on the Dallas Public Library and ordered all the Edna Ferber books I could get. And I got her... I got her um, her autobiography, which it's very difficult to read. But so she wrote oh. this auto, autobiography in uh, 38 or it's published in 38. It's called A Peculiar Treasure. And what she said about writing um, the book, this book, was she was so upset at how he- hedonistic and selfish people were um, after World War One. And I guess before 24 that it was uh, when it was published, but she was so upset with them that this book, her point in the book was to show uh, that this kind of lifestyle, Dirk's lifestyle is just not good, you know, and um, that being selfish and self-absorbed and hedonistic, um, she felt was, she was very judgmental about that. And the other thing that you guys might find interesting is um, Miss Ferber's father actually had some kind of eye disease and he lost his vision before he died. He died fairly young of like a heart attack or something. But she describes people, her helping him, her walking him down the street. The mother had to go to work. Edna Ferber's mother had to go to work in the store. And so the father was not very good at business but once the mother took over then they started making money so um that's it i'm reading showboat now so oh good that's really interesting thank you for sharing that with us. <laughs> um okay um sally what did you think i thought it was a little slow in the beginning but after an hour or so i, I really really began to enjoy it i know i must have read it in college but That was 50 years ago, Um, so I was able to read it and enjoy it again. I didn't like her father too much. I didn't think he was responsible, and I thought that she came out really well from that situation. Um, I, too, thought that she really favored beauty over um, um, material wealth, I I love the description of the cabbages as emeralds. Um, You know, I come from farming back, not background, but farming area. And I I have to tell you, I never looked at cabbages and thought of emeralds. But um, (laughs) but, um, another another thing that occurred to me, 1924, she won the Pulitzer Prize. And I wasn't thinking of this until later in the day today. Was she the first woman to win it for fiction? I'm not sure. No, no. I think no? Willa, Willa Cather won it before. Willa Cather? Oh, I, that, I either thought Willa Cather or Pearl Buck. I wasn't Edith sure. Wharton. I Edith Wharton. Edith Wharton also won it before. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. But, so, um, what, no, what, I, I, I enjoyed it, and I hadn't read it for years. And um, I don't think I'd call my library and get everything. But if something else came my way, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely read more of her. Oh, good. Okay. Um, well, welcome, Deanna. Um, what, what did you think of the book? 
Oh, Deanna, I think you might be, I think you may have the microphone muted if you want to unmute yourself. Yeah. I always come in and mute myself when I join oh, meetings. That's okay. Um, um, I think for the time it was written, it was very uh, progressive because most of the literature that was coming out at the time was a bit saccharine. You know, particularly books written for women. And I think that she was one of the first um, writer, women writers, who um, told a real story. Um, you know, we had um, a lot of writers that um, it was all very idealized and sweet before then. So... I think she made a contribution to um, realism because there was a lot of hardship, a lot of sadness, but just plain grit and determination, I think, is what she was saying is that women, yes, they, they can be realists, but they also can be dreamers and the two aren't mutually exclusive. Okay, very good. Um, uh, Joni, what, what did you think of the book? Well, I thought I read this book many, many years ago, and when I started reading it, I don't think I did read it. I don't know what made me think that I had read it. Um, but anyway, um, I... I didn't know whether I, I didn't know whether I liked it or not. Um, I think her writing is wonderful, um, but then I decided that I did like it. Um, I just felt that it was so. It was Dirk was such a. a um, I, he didn't know what he wanted from life, and. He wanted money, but when he got the money, he wasn't happy. When he, he allowed Paula to run his life so that everything was what Paula wanted, what Paula thought was best for him, and he, she just, I mean, I, I did not like her at all. She just really bugged me. And um, I really wanted him to end up with the woman that he had met um, and then brought to the farm with him for a, a weekend visit. Uh, I guess in the end, I really did like this book. And I love her writing. I, I read a lot of her books. Uh, although I thought I read Giant, and I looked at it, and I didn't remember it at all. I remembered it differently from what it was. So, uh, I don't know. My mind is uh, getting a little blanker as I get older, I think. Anyway, um, I can see why it won a Pulitzer. So, uh my story and I'm sticking to it okay <laughs> um okay um Don um what did you think of the book well I just got started in the book she just got reunited with her friend after okay. a very bad day sale trying to be a farmer that was uh and uh so it's different I always I, my original goal was to be a farmer so uh I I, I, it was something I wanted to do, and uh, but even with the hard work, we it was it wasn't truck farming. But I, I, I thought it was she was a little bit hard on that, on them. But it, it most of those books at that time, if you were poor, you had to be res rescued by a rich person, whether it was Jack London or, or uh, some of the other authors. And uh, so I, I did see re I saw her movie, The Giant. And I, uh, 
audio description of the musical Showboat. Wonderful stories. So maybe I'll finish the book. Okay. Um, all right. Um, Marsha, uh, you said you finished it today. So what, what did you think of the book? Um, I really liked it. Um, and I, I, I did not like Paula at all. But, you know, one thing you got to say about Paula, she was honest. She said that uh, she wasn't going to marry until she found a man with money. Although she wanted Dirk, he didn't have the money. So she married that old guy. And, uh, uh, and, and but it, you know, she, she tried to have her cake and eat it too. And I, I hope, as, as somebody said, I thought the ending could have brought out a little more um, as to, you know, what happened with, with Dirk. And hopefully he did not end up with Paula. Of course, I don't think that that was going to happen after he met, ah, what's her name? Uh, Dallas. Dallas. Um, I was kind of hoping they would end up together. But I think that she was too, um, too deep for him. Um, he, uh, Dirk is, was a, a shallow young man who thought that success was all financial and uh, I think maybe as the book ended he was maybe to get maybe beginning to realize that success didn't necessarily mean financial wealth and uh, maybe he was going to try to emulate more of what Selena was hoping that he would get out of his life um, as opposed to, you know, hanging out with the cool rich people and all that stuff. But uh, I really enjoyed the book. Um, as LaDon pointed out before, and I guess I, 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 I oh man, he's going to really get swamped in 1929. And I said, uh, nope, we're not there yet. <laughs> so anyway, that's, uh, um, I'm, I'm glad that this book was, was recommended. I don't know that I'll read any more of her, of her offerings. But this was really good. Okay. Um, Alan, what did you think? Yeah, I, I thought it was okay. I mean, it, it it's a bit dated now. I mean, it's 96 years old. So uh, that 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 was showing. I, I enjoyed the book a lot better when it was talking about Selena and, and her, her backstory and stuff. Yeah. And, 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 and then it switched to Dirk. And I mean, I can tell you what Dirk's doing now. He's hanging on a wall in an office supply store since he's a rubber stamp. And, uh, <laughs> so, you know, I, I, just, I, I just do not like him at all. And uh, and I and I tried. I read about two and a half hours of this Jill uh, uh, with uh, who was the one that narrated Jill Ferris. Jill Ferris. It? it was. Jill Ferris. I, was <laughs> I was ready to open a vein. I tell you, she was about to drive me mad. I didn't like. I didn't like her narration at all. So I went to the. I said. Hey, that that older version's got to be better with with Baudry doing it. So I, 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 yeah, I enjoyed it a lot better with, with, with her narration and stuff. And uh, uh, I, 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 the one good thing I'll say, I'll have something else to think of now when I get on the scale, other than just what my weight is when I see the name so big. So uh, that 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 that's that's my compliment to the to, to the book. So yeah. So, anyway, I, I, I you know. I, I'm glad that I've read it since you know she she won a Pulitzer Prize and uh, uh, and, and like I uh, I'll just say this one last thing I didn't like it again really until they introduced that Dallas Am uh, Amara character I really liked her and I knew there was no way she was going to end up with Dirk she had too much sense but uh, uh, I, I did I I, I like the way Edna Ferber writes strong women characters and I, and I like strong women characters and stuff so uh, but yeah thanks for recommending it. Okay, um, Liz, I, I think you're muted. Um, if you want to unmute, I'm muted now. <laughs> oh, I thought. I'm sorry. I thought you were muted. Okay. No, no, I, I, I was. I try. I try oh. to mute myself when I'm not talking. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I really am sorry. I'm only about a third of the way through the book. Um, I've been really distracted this week and have been totally addicted to. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> right. so. Yeah, that's um, very understandable. Huh? That's very understandable. Oh, yeah, well, it's it's much more riveting than <laughs> than the beginning of the book, anyway. <laughs> um, I think it's a nice story. I also just kind of like I really like hearing about just you know the daily kind of doings of life and and 
really appreciating that our lives are much easier now. <laughs> um, but so I don't have a whole lot to offer other than, you know, uh, it, it does seem like a nice story. And then I think it's great to go back and, you know, revive some of these classic authors um, that, you know, get buried in the um, stuff of modern stuff. But so thanks. Okay. Um, okay. So what, what we usually do is now Sherry and I go at the end. And then as everybody knows, then we just open it up for general discussion. So um, I'm going to call on Sherry next. And I also, I was hoping Sherry that in your answer, if you, if you knew, you could tell us a little bit about the Chicago Haymarket that she went to, because I, I don't, I, is that, is that real? Is that <laughs> it's still in existence or, and, and then just tell us what you thought about the book as well. Um, the Chicago Haymarket was a thing. It's, it's no long, I don't think it's a thing anymore. I recognized a lot of the streets that they mentioned in, that were in Chicago. Um, so that was kind of cool to see streets that I knew, but I didn't know the Haymarket neighborhood. And I certainly never heard of the area she grew up in. I don't know if she made that up or it was real or, or whatever. Um, I thought the book was okay. Uh, I really like Selena. I thought Dirk was just empty. I mean, I think, I think it was interesting what Kathy said about her attitude about being rich, because I kind of took it that she really just wanted Dirk to do what he loved, and he seemed to really love architecture, and he only seemed to be doing the stockbroker thing because Paula wanted him to, to be rich, and that's why he was doing it. So she knew it wasn't going to be anything he would love. And at the end, I didn't like the ending at all. I even went out to look and see if there was a sequel, because it really left you hanging. On the yeah. other hand, he didn't really fit in either world. He didn't fit in Paula's world. He didn't fit in Dallas's world. And so I kind of took the end where he just lays down on the bed as, you made your bed, now lie in it. Yeah. And that's sort of fitting. Yeah. Yeah. So that's okay. all. I, I, I probably will not, unless there was a sequel, I might read that. But this book mm -hmm. didn't make me want to rush out and read more of her books. Yeah, a, okay. a good sequel title would be Not So Big, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or Bigger Still? Okay, or... <laughs> um, so um, I, I actually really, really liked this book a lot. I was surprised how much I liked it. Um, I, I really liked her as a character, although I did think she was a little hard on her son, Um I, you know, she had a certain viewpoint of, of what what should be important in life, but it didn't necessarily mean that her son was going to agree with her. Um, so I, I, I her, her relationship with him sort of uh, bothered me. Um, I was going to just bring up a couple of things and then we'll just open it up for general discussion. So um, one thing that I don't think anybody's really mentioned so far is her relationship with, with Rolf Poole. And um, he was about seven, about seven years older. She was about seven years older than him. And they had a really interesting relationship. I mean, to me, I thought there was almost like a sexual undercurrent throughout the whole mm -hmm. thing, although they, you know, didn't ever get together. And it wasn't, you know, she was, he was only 12 when, when they first met each other. But they had a certain connection, which was very strong. It was, it was interesting, um, their relationship. And... Um, Another relationship that I thought was very important to her was her friendship with Julie Hempel. And I think Julie, you know, was, was a pretty good friend to her. She, her father helped, uh, you know, Selena out when she needed money for the farm. And, and I thought that, you know, she was pretty loyal and, and a good friend. Her daughter was horrible, but I, I really did like Julie very much. Um, and I guess another thing I guess that I'd be curious to hear everybody's reaction to was, what did you think of her marriage to Purvis? Did you think that it was a, a good marriage? Did you think they had a strong connection? Do you think they belonged together? Um, do you think she was happy that she married him and ended up with the life that she ended up with? And then the last thing, which I, I found interesting, was the whole discussion about the classified and the unclassified, because I thought a hundred years later, to me, this rang true, because when you go to school, in, in college, often, not always, but often, you know, when somebody goes to high school and then they go right away to college, they don't always take it as seriously as they do when they go back to school. So I know I went back to school when I was in my 30s and I got a, a master's degree and I took it 
very seriously. I mean, I never missed the class and I, I took everything really seriously. And when I thought about when I had gone to school when I was younger, I really didn't take it quite as seriously because I was just much younger. And it was, you know, the first time I was out on my own and stuff. So I found that whole dichotomy between the classified and the unclassified was very interesting to me. But now we can we can open it up and see if anybody has any any uh, other comments that they'd like to share. I'm so glad you mentioned Rolf, whatever his name was. I really liked that relationship too. She was the only one that treated him like he wasn't a farm kid destined to be a farmer, like he could be more and something different if he wanted to. Uh, that was good. I'm glad you mentioned that. I don't know. I thought that um, when you ask about the marriage, um, I, I thought there was some problems with it. You know, I mean, I think they were sort of growing apart. But then I thought Salina got gypped when, you know, when he died so young in a lot of ways. Um, as far as the unclassified and the classified and Dirk's relationship with his, I guess, fraternity buddies or the guys that he ran around with and I remember when I went to college, um, if you pledged a sorority or a fraternity, it was sort of uncool to do things, um, you know, to be with certain people. And I did not buy into that. In fact, I got to tell you, um, some friends of mine and I um, didn't buy into that whole sorority fraternity thing. And so when they had rush, we just didn't go out for all that, but we sort of did things together and we just, we formed a ferority, a combination sorority fraternity. We called ourselves Gamma Sigma after Gail and Susan, the two founding members. And, you know, we just get together and have pizza together and just, you know, do stuff. But there's one other thing I just wanted to, to mention that I forgot to mention, but one thing that that I noticed when when we read these older books that they're more elevated, um, you know, the vocabulary. It, it's not like things are written at a fifth and sixth grade level. You have to, you have to really um, appreciate the you know the older vocabulary, and there are a lot of words that we don't use in in regular everyday usage. And there, there's there's sort of an eloquence about that. It, it's like reading it's like reading a classic, if you know what I mean. And when you know when we read these modern novels, it's it's just not the same that way. You know what I mean? There's just there's some artfulness to it. You know what I mean? And a lot of artfulness to it. That was a very interesting comment there. Uh, I hadn't thought about that, but it's also true. But I thought I hadn't uh, pointed up something about life. It was pretty important. Selena had her idea of what she would be like when she got older. She thought she'd go to Paris and she would be into art and travel and everything. But life takes twists and turns that are unexpected. She didn't turn out at all what she thought she was going to be. And, you know, some of us, I think, can look at our own self and think back to when we were young. What did we think we were going ha to happen to us? And did we turn out that way? You know, so, so a lot of lives just don't turn out. Uh, people, in other words, it doesn't always unroll with a plan. Life just happens I think. And um, I was wondering, you know, the way Edna's uh, attitude is, I wonder what she would think about today's mess. Well, if she thought that the post-World War I generation <laughs> or if she thought that they were pretty self-absorbed and terrible people, uh, I don't think she'd be real pleased with I'll just say how people, you know, how self-centered people are now. I'm going to not talk about the politics, but just our culture, you know, the whole narcissistic social media culture. So. One thing I, I noticed, um, I approach reading a book like this much differently from the way I would approach reading um well, something I just read for the mystery group um, by Michael Connolly. That I stayed up until one thirty in the morning to read because I just wanted to get to the end and see what happened. But something like Edna Ferber, 
I started to read it, and it wasn't something I wanted to rush through. Yes, the language is older. The vocabulary is a little different from what we read today. But I think there's a distinction between um, commercial fiction and literature. And I think there's still literature today in what you know could become classics. But um, I think there are two very distinct um, categories of books. And it, it wasn't until I read this that that occurred to me, because to be honest, um, I just read much more for pleasure now rather than to really um, delve more deeply into something. But um, it just made me think about that. And the person who mentioned um, making him think about, did life turn out the way you wanted to? I think that's uh, something that a book that is really, really well-written plot-wise and theme can make you think about something like that, whereas a lot of the things that we just pick up and read for pleasure are just that, you know, for pleasure. Um, But that's all. Yes, I I think that's a really, really good point. I think I, I read a lot of books every single month, and I often find myself um, reading too quickly. And I think that it's a good idea sometimes if you read something like this to take your time with it and, you know, try to like, you know, think about it and savor it a little bit and not race through it. And obviously a mystery is different. Mystery, you want to know what's happening. You want to go through the twists and the turns. And and it's really the plot that kind of drives it along. And this was, was a different kind of a book. So um, I, I agree with you. I think I think different kind of books we we can definitely read read differently. Um, I I found their marriage a little confusing. I guess Selena and Purvis. I didn't really see what the attraction was, other than they were both young people in the same place at the same time. Um, I I didn't quite get their their bond. Um, but maybe other others of you saw them, you know, as as better suited than I did. I didn't. They lack birth control was, is the problem. Was, what? I'm sorry. They lack birth control. That's... Sorry. Well, they they lived in the country, and it was a long time ago. And, um, you know, back then, boys and girls didn't date in high school, you know, or anything. So this was like the first boy, first young woman yeah. that, you know, and that's what people did. They married like that and um you know maybe weren't so happy it didn't Plus, mean he was, as he many was tra- different he was trying to then. get rid of that widow woman that was that was <laughs> asking him too so maybe he was uh, you know, a little <laughs> desperate there <laughs> well i mean he, he did pay ten dollars for an auction and stuff, yeah so, and, uh, and i mean that, i thought that and, was and, a cool and, scene you know there yeah, that, that, that was a good scene mm-hmm. like that scene. Mm-hmm. and the being poor like they were, that's a lot of stress. And so yeah. even a, two people that really love each other, when they're living that kind of a life on that hard scrabble farm, it's it's difficult to keep the, you know, spark going, so to speak. Well, to me, it seemed like the attraction was in the initial infatuation. Um, and then when they got married... Um, I don't know. Um, I, I, maybe he expected her to be the more traditional subservient wife. And and maybe he started to resent her, you know, doing things out of the book and, you know, things like that. But I, you know, I would think that if, if he had lived longer, that um, they could have grown, grown old together. You know, they both could have matured together. I, I don't know why. I know that sounds counter to what was going on earlier, but I, I just tend to wonder if that wouldn't have happened. I, I don't think so. I think that uh, that they would have still, she wouldn't have had the opportunity. He would have never agreed to have that, that uh, 16 acres drained. Um uh, that that would have never happened. I think they would have just ended up in the same poverty uh, that they were in, or either that, or she would have just taken after a while, taken Dirk and left. But um, I don't think he would have, and because you know the man of the house back then ruled ruled everything. But she sort of, you know, that was sort of an act of desperation in some way. She had to make money. You know, she didn't have him to support her. Um, 
And I, I just wonder if things wouldn't have changed. And I, I agree with what somebody said that when you're young, you, you really don't know. I mean, if somebody had told me when I was in college, um, you're going to start a business, I would have laughed at them, you know, because that was the last thing in my mind. And in a lot of ways, that was sort of an act of desperation. So I can see where, you know, where people come from in the things that they do. And sometimes they do things they'll never dream they're going to do. Yeah, you know what? You could tell that she was much a much better business person. Right from the start, right as soon as he died, she grabbed up all of the cops out of the, the garden, took the hose, washed all that stuff off, make it look pretty, put the best stuff on top, and the you know less best better looking stuff on the bottom, and then went in to to sell it at the hay market, and then of course ended up selling it in the street. But I mean, she she made the made her vegetables look pretty, and I think she probably sold more than than he ever did. Yeah, she was just, she was light years ahead of him intellectually and stuff. So I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we we speculate during the time about how they what would happen to their marriage and stuff. But yeah, but uh, we're not going to get that privilege and stuff since uh, uh, his character died. But but she was a whole lot smarter than than he yes. was and. Uh, and the, the one thing I got out of the book is I'm going to be going out to Google to figure out how to solve square roots manually. Because I got totally <laughs> confused during that scene. But uh, I, 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 didn't even know, I didn't even know there was a way you could do square roots manually since we've had calculators to do them for so long. But, uh, yeah. So. Wasn't it interesting how when they, when she was teaching him math that they were talking about units? That takes me way back to first grade. Mm-hmm. You're talking about the yeah. units column. And the, yeah. You don't hear that anymore. No. No. In the tens, we called the ones the units, yeah. and you know, you know, and it's it's sort of quaint. But sometimes I, I just wonder if we went back to the basics, if our kids wouldn't be so darn confused with the math the way they're teaching it now. Mm-hmm. Well, I I really like the scene very much where she took the wagon and she went into Chicago with the vegetables with her son. And, you know, she put him on like a little sack and he went to sleep in the, in the cart and she went to the bar and she kind of washed up there and got breakfast. And, and then even though she was so disappointed because she couldn't sell the vegetables, she still came up with a plan to go door to door to sell the vegetables. And then, you know, until the, the police officer stopped her for, selling without a, a peddler's license. And I, and I liked her, you know, she kind of could think her way out of a lot of situations. She could really um, figure things out. And she just seemed to have that kind of gift. I don't know where it came from. I don't think it came from her father because he didn't seem to be <laughs> that way, but it just seemed to be something that she was born with. And I found it was really easy for me to imagine her doing this, you know, hitching up her wagon and going into Chicago and, you know, dealing with all the, the male people telling her she couldn't do this and whatever. And I, I liked, I, I thought it was very vivid, actually, all that, that kind of writing. Yeah. I liked, I liked the characters to me, I could picture, they were very well drawn and I could picture each of them. Like Paula was, you know, she was like a spoiled brat and you could sort of picture her and Dallas O'Mara. She was very independent and artsy and everything like that. And, and Maddie, who I really liked, you know, the, the student who went back to college when she was older and everybody was very uh, individual. And even, you know, Selena, you could sort of, you know, just picture her standing on her farm and, you know, wearing her, her old clothes that she mended and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and she just, it, it was easy to picture the characters. Actually, I guess Dirk was the one character maybe that was a little ambiguous. You, you really didn't know exactly who he was, but everybody else I thought was, was pretty easy to figure out who they were and thought. Yeah. Well, he was kind of a suit of nice clothes and good looks, mm-hmm. but not much substance. Yes. Yeah. And right. yet, because he was raised by Selena, he admired the kind of women that were like Selena. That's why Dallas appealed to him. That's mm-hmm. why Maddie appealed to him. Because they were real women with real uh, real gifts. And, you know, he saw that because of his mother. Right. But he was too um, overwhelmed by the sparkle of people like Paula. 
you know, the pretty clothes, the, the pretty manners, the, the graciousness and all of that. And he'd never realized until he met Dallas how shallow that was. You, you left out the, the big bank accounts. Yeah, that's, you left out. Yeah, out. well, you know, <laughs> it was it was it was the glitz and the glitter that appealed yeah. to him, exactly. and he never um, really looked beyond the surface. And I thought it was interesting too the comment about the fact that these young people like Maddie who came in there with college as a big dream really were not being um they were not they were not important to the university and they were not getting their fair share of attention and effort put into their education because um the professors were just as bad as everybody else they were more concerned with um you know the wealthier kids and i think to some extent that's still true i mean you look at um, how athletes are treated. I mean, they're, 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 um, they're catered to and pampered and helped. And, but nobody really cares if their degree means anything. You know, they don't really have to be educated. They just have to go through the motions. And that's kind of what the rich kids, rich kids were doing. They were not there to get an education. They were there to network. And, you know, because your future depended on who you knew. Well, and the kids that really wanted to get something out of the classes that really put their hearts into it, they were kind of invisible, even to the professors. If you guys could create an ending for Dirk, what would it be? Because I don't want him to end up with Dallas because I think she's too good for him. But I, I would like to see him have some kind of revelation about Paula being just shallow and materialistic and maybe go Manipulative. back. Manipulative. Yeah. Manipulative. Yeah. yeah. Nine, really the 1929 Crash. Yeah. Well, there you go. That would have changed things. Jumped out yeah. the window. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was oh, thinking. You know, I don't think he would jump out the window because he had the example of his mother. And I think he might have been able to pick himself up and do something. Maybe, you know, join the... Uh, um, go back to architecture. Build, yeah. yeah, build the Carnegie Libraries. You know, because, <laughs> you, know you, you said something the, interesting. You said 1929. Um, rather than jumping out the window, that could have been a catalyst to a good ending for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. It could have reshaped him, matured him. Because then he would see that, that all the money in the world wouldn't protect you against right. anything. And that you it's mm -hmm. what you made with your own mind and hands that counted. And of course, they weren't building much after the, you know, when the depression started after the crash and everything. They weren't building big buildings. That's true. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> actually, they were once Roosevelt got the the well uh, the, the the New Deal and all. Yeah. That. It's yeah. Like a few and years. So, but that was a few um, years down the road. That was later. But yeah. still, the the roots of it were were there because um, it was the programs that Roosevelt put together that brought. Um, artisans and dancers and performers of all kinds forward to to uh, liven the spirits of the people and to give them something to look forward to. Um, a lot of money went into unusual places and programs that, um, you know, like just before we hit our, our, our crash in, in 2006, schools were cutting things like music and art and theater um, they were still supporting sports, sports, you know, because scholarships, you can get a scholarship if your kid, you know, does well in sports. But they were cutting a lot of the of the other stuff that teaches children to think and to imagine. And you were studying for tests. You weren't studying because you wanted to learn more things. And I think that unless we go back to education that doesn't try to put out cookie-cutter kids, but tries to uh, steer children towards their natural talents and abilities, and that everybody has gifts, 
and that there's nothing wrong with a child that is mechanical or a child that loves, you know, the farm or, you know, anything else. What is important is that the child gets a chance to find out who he is. Interestingly enough, they Mm -hmm. are cutting programs again at universities now because of the virus. I was wondering, I thought one of the minor characters was Paula's brother. I don't even remember his name. Eugene. Yeah, but he showed up in the book. I don't remember what happened to him, but he, he was working in the uh, in the business in the. Uh, That's right. Yeah, yeah. Paula's dad seemed like a cool guy. Oh, he uh, was a cool guy. Yeah, and I, summing through her, difficult to read autobiography, and she had actually Edna Ferber had written to. Uh, Russell Doubleday, who was the original publisher, and she told him, here's the manuscript, but it's really not very good, and I won't be upset if you guys don't want to publish it. So Yeah, I was um, reading that introduction of the, the book, yeah. yeah. The, the, I don't know if the first, the older version had this, no, I don't think so. Cause that oh, was like oh, maybe not, because I got the Jill Ferris version. Yeah, okay. and, and they, had that, they had that at the, be- you know, the that essay at the beginning, and that, that was mentioned. Right written to Russell Doubleday about uh, I don't, yes. you can publish it if you want but I really don't think you should because it isn't that good right so, but, yeah, and she said she said nothing happens in the book and the <laughs> yeah. she said the high spot <laughs> is where she drives into Chicago the the letter is written in, the, in her in her autobiography the high spot is where she drives into Chicago with a load of vegetables <laughs> <laughs> And it, that's kind of true. That was yeah. kind of a high spot in it, you know? But, but I'm just wondering, how on earth could she publish two autobiographies? I mean, two? She did, yes. I she, know, but I don't... She I just, wrote this one in the 30s, and um, then her other one, I think, in the 60s. But I'll tell you what, this one's difficult to read. She's so wordy. You know, her style hmm. of writing is very, very wordy. And... Yeah, she, she cannot self edit, and there's I skim through a lot of it because oh gee, because <laughs> it just I mean I'm not really all that interested. I wonder if the 1916 one is be- is better. Yeah. Um, I gosh, I don't know. Let me tell you if I can. This one may not say the name of it. Well, you know, I have met um, people that that. Um, classicist sort of that that writes so flowery that it you get lost you can't find yes. what their the point is because oh, yeah. they're so busy with the language and i think that was the style of, of writing at that time yes um yeah i don't think you've got realism in literature for quite a while until you came up to the 60s and 70s when um you had writers like um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of some of them, like the uh, Tony, what's her name that wrote Beloved, and you know, oh, some, Morrison. yeah, Tony Morrison, yeah, 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 because you didn't have the it. They were grittier and harder, but they were also more truthful. And there was that was the part that she did right in this book. She was writing about real people, about girls who married the wrong man because that was what is, was expected of them and because they didn't understand their own hormones. <laughs> you know? They didn't have any other choice. I think Edith Wharton does a much better job for that kind of thing. I liked Edith yeah. Wharton, yeah. But anyway, I'm sorry, Julie, uh-huh. go ahead. Uh, I just want to say that I'm going to have to go now, but I uh, just want to... Just for a second to change the subject to uh, Sunday, which um, my banquet of books will be the Sunday. Uh, and it's, is, is it this Sunday? This yes. Sunday. Okay. The second Sunday of the month, and it happens to be early this month. Yeah, yeah you're, it's the 8th. You're right. It would be the second. Mm-hmm. So this Sunday at 5 o'clock Eastern time, right, is banquet of books. Yeah, right. I'll, send out, I'll send out a newswire and send it out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thanks, Alan. Thank you. Have a good night, Sean. You do sound tired. 
I wanted to mention that I, I haven't listened to it yet, but I downloaded your interview. Oh, well, okay. Make, make sure you got a big oh, glass yeah, of wine. That, that was a great interview, Alan. That was wonderful. <laughs> well, thanks, I, 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 who did that? Alan. Uh, Pat, Patty Fletcher from uh, Talk to Tell It to the World Marketing Podcast. <laughs> oh, well, uh, I will. De- so, I'm yeah. definitely, that's on my to-do list for the weekend. Yeah, I just and you can have Alexa play it. Yeah. Just just tell Alexa to play "Talk to Tell to the World" podcast. Yeah, oh, yeah. And she'll play it. If you if yeah. you just tell her to, oh, yeah. to talk yeah. to the world episode though. Will she talk to no, called... tell it to the world? Oh, talk. Okay, talk to tell it to the world marketing podcast. It, it's a lot um, of words. Yeah. Wait a minute. So, what was the first part of that, Alan? Talk to. Tell it to the world. Tell it to the world. Podcast. Perfect. Yeah. Well, I I download downloaded it from Dropbox, so. Uh, Good. Uh, All right. Well, thanks. Thanks. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed doing it. it was fun. So. Now, the one character I like that we hadn't talked that much about was Julie's father, August or Augustus. I can't remember his mm-hmm. name. Mm-hmm. I liked yeah, him. Yeah. Yeah. He was successful. Well, okay, yeah. Good night, everyone. Was, Good night, Good night. Good night. Good night, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. And he would have been, he would have been just as happy if his daughter had been like Selena. Right. In fact, he said so. Yeah. 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 You know, but she wasn't. I I liked him. He He, he was nice. You know, he still loved his daughter, but she was not the the force and energy man. You know, he was. You know, he was 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 down to earth and and yeah. 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 Remembered where he came from. You know, he was a butcher and he remembered his roots. Right. Right, right. I like him. Wasn't he indicted at the end? (laughs) No. They made a reference. They made a reference to something. Yeah. So yeah, Paula made a reference to them coming after him, or she didn't. Oh, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I think he was a good character too, and I think he really helped out Salina. But you know, he may have done stuff behind the scenes that we don't know about. So he was living in Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to just mention one more time in case anybody missed it. Our book for the next month. Um, It's uh, December fourth, which is the first Friday of the month. Um, The book is called "The First Actress: A Novel of Sarah Bernhardt." And the author is C like cat period W like water period Gortner G O R T N E R, and the DB number is nine nine eight nine four. And as the title says, it is a story about Sarah Bernhard who led a very very eventful life. Um, it's a very well done book. It's really beautifully narrated, um, and it, it is a long book. It's about sixteen hours. So it's it, but it's, it's wow. pretty good. Okay. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a long book, so I know. Is, that, is, it, is it the commercial? Is the commercial version, it, it, or is it? Yeah, yeah. The, the narrator's name is Gabrielle Decour, and she's fantastic. Okay. She's really, great. really great narrator. Um, so I'll just mention that just for the recording, and in case anybody missed it. It better not be Jill Ferris narrating her. I'm not going to read it. I can tell you right now. <laughs> oh no! I really like her. Jill, Jill Ferris is one. Yeah, of I do too. Narrator. Oh well, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> but that's okay. I, I, that's- I, I didn't. I didn't like her version of the, of this book. I guess I, I've I've read other stuff by her and hadn't been as bad. So. But uh, I don't know. I, well, somebody she, she, somebody said that 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 the other narrator that that version was really bad so i didn't even check it out I, oh, really i, yeah, I, I taste i kind of wondered an old it was i stopped jill first was a newer version so i thought i'd better yeah. get the newer one than the older one so i'm glad i did that i tasted both of them i did one and then i went to the other one and i didn't find mm-hmm. either one of them distasteful yeah oh. I, I like Bo- i like Baudry better the, the earlier version so that's me so yeah Different strokes, <laughs> all that kind of jazz. Uh, well, in my binge reading of uh, <laughs> William Kett Kruger, I found a book that I thought you would like, Alan, because um, you like Jack Reacher, um, sort of strong, um, almost, almost um, superhero sort of people. Right. And that one is about a Secret Service agent, and it it's not part of his court. Um, you know, it's not about the the former sheriff, okay. uh, private detective, right. or 
the the two standalone ones. It's so it's um a bit gritty, but it it's it is quite good. It's called um the devil's bed. The the devil's bed? Yes. Okay. Thank you. It's a standalone. So it looks like your kind of book. Thanks. I will <laughs> I will look that one up, Deanna. Thank you. I appreciate it. So I'm I'm a huge Reacher fan. I'm reading, I'm, reading the, I'm, I'm reading the Sentinel right now, and it's good. So it's brand new. So. All right. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Well, I think I you'll like it. this character, and it may be one that he he'll develop further since he's only well, written I, one I, book about it. I like his writing style. So he's he, I like William King Kruger, so I'll I'll give it a look up. Thank you. Alan, do you want to just mention the book for your group before you leave? Uh, do you want to remind me what it is? Uh, um, <laughs> yes. the it's the Nora Roberts book, right? Oh, that's right. Hideaway by Nora Roberts. Oh, uh, a week from Tuesday on the 17th of uh, the third Tuesday of this month. Hideaway yeah, by Nora Roberts. It's good. I've it's, uh, downloaded it, but I haven't started mm-hmm. it yet. It, it, I mean, it, it, it's entertain. It, it is pure entertainment. That's all it is. But I, I, I enjoyed it. So. I've got it. In fact, I'm going to get. I'm going to get that one, and I'm. I'm going to well, add them to my wish list. The, that one and um, the first actress. I'm going to do that right now. As soon as I get. And out don't forget, it's to kill to kill a mockingbird a week from yep. tonight. I think is that right? Or two, uh, weeks, yeah, from, so two, two weeks from tonight. Two weeks from tonight. That's right. Yep. Two weeks yeah. from tonight. Yep. Yep. So, hope to see y'all there. Yeah. Night, everybody. Good night. Goodbye. All right. I want to wish you all happy Thanksgiving. Thanks. Happy Thanksgiving. A blessed one. And has left to you soon. Merry Christmas if I don't get to talk to you. All right. <laughs> Work hard. Yeah. That's all there is right now, it seems. <laughs> we'll see you all. All right. Bye-bye. All right, I'm I'm shutting it down, folks. Nobody wants to stay and talk, do they? If so, I'll make somebody else host. end meeting or lead meeting. Okay. All right. Good night.